Hey, good morning, everybody. You too, Adam. Hello, Jack. Good morning. Another day of uh, dirty secrets of small business and a little bit of coaching, coaching experiences kind of uh, imparted to our loyal group here. Everyone, I hope you're doing well and welcome. Welcome again. You know, we, Adam and I are here, we're here every Wednesday. And what we do is make a podcast on every Wednesday. And we make it on our coaching experiences. And when I mean coaching, Adam and I have been business coaches working together for over 20 years. And when we come together, we make a podcast on Wednesday for, well, picking it up. What do you hear a podcast or do you, what do you do with a podcast? You download it, listen to it. Yeah. Get, get That's it. We do that the day after Thursday. It's up and up and ready for you. And we, we have a lot of fun with these things. And what we do is take actual, actual field experiences. And in other words, we're going through our coaching routines and we'll, we'll have a guest quite often uh, to talk with. And they, in their own words, describe coaching with us and the uh, outcomes they have. And we, we basically uh, will take stories that we don't have guests and talk about the coaching experience and getting these things, these things being the problems of a small business owner resolved. And 20 years is a long time. And in that time, we have experienced hundreds of small business owners. And we relate our experiences, which are extensive. Adam and I both have big corporate experiences at high levels. And we've also owned, bought, sold, audited, reviewed, written up, uh, you, you name it, that's been to small businesses. And we define that, by the way, as uh, under 25 employees. We don't define it by sales. So we could have very large sales, which we have. And we mostly, if we have our preferences, have companies around 2 million, little under 2 million, within reach of 2 million. Uh, it just seems like a good number where they're often confused. They've been trying to mull through this stuff with inferior coaches or themselves. And we save them an awful lot of time. And we, again, have fun doing it. So, you know, we, we, uh, we have to use psychology a lot with our uh, clients or prospects, but they become clients. And that psychology basically involves taking care of their psyche, getting them to calm down quite often or quit dragging your knuckles. Just be confident. And if you're working with us, we basically can give you that confidence when it slips a little bit. But, you know, how do you stay? How do you stay calm? <clears throat> When the, the, the cannons are firing and uh, here come the here come the enemy and you know, how do you stay calm when the whole world looks like it's just getting squeezed around you? Uh, I know Adam has the answer to that, so I'm gonna <laughs> drift it over to him. Adam, yes, come on yeah. in. Come on I in. I got all how the answers. You, how do you how do you how do I stay calm running running my company? So I got answers and ideas and uh welcome everybody yeah this is episode 361 of dirty secrets of small business and so welcome in and 
as I'm sure you can appreciate, uh, whether you're a small business owner or you you know one, uh, it's pretty easy and common for the owner to get excited, nervous, perhaps even stressed out running their business. And uh, we often will say, I guess the would be, I guess, what would it be a patron saint of uh, of of the uh, the small business folks would be Atlas, right? Atlas got that world on your shoulder, you know, and you, you can feel that way. Everyone from your employees to your your customers, your vendors, you know, not to mention your family, depending on you, counting on you. So, how do you, as the owner, stay calm and in control? Kind of like that duck on a pond everybody knows about, right? The ducks. Gliding along on that pond, Jack, but underneath the water, they're kicking like crazy to make things kind of go. But they look good on top, right? So, so how do you keep calm? How do you how do you give that impression of being calm, of being in charge of this often chaotic world of running a small business? And it's a very common thing that we see, you know, as Jack was saying, with our small business clients as well as folks we talk to who own companies, and it's a big part of our coaching practice. And so. As many of you longtime listeners know, one of the things that we focus on with our clients and we talk about a lot in the show is our seven keys to success. And the genesis of those comes back to, as Jack and I were forming MVP and trying to figure out how do we help the small business owners know what to focus on, help calm them down. Because we often meet these folks and they're all over the place and talking about a lot of stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of stuff they were talking about wasn't maybe necessarily the right things to be talking about or focused on. And when it comes to small business, we, we would joke early on, especially, and this is, I think this is still true today, Jack, depending what time of day you reach, you know, reach out to, to talk to an owner, if usually if it's beyond maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, you can almost forget about it. Because by that point in the day, you know, whatever plans they had for the day, you know, may have been adjusted because there's something going on. There's some sort of urgent matter, some sort of fire that they've got to put out. And it can often feel that way kind of day in and day out of just, again, you're making things happen. You're kind of going, how do you, how do you get that calmness when you're in the, you said you, you're giving some war analogies there, Jack, right? You're in the firing lines here and the tanks are coming at you. How do you, how do you stay calm? And it really depends on where you're at in terms of what the, what the issues are, but where, where our seven keys come from. We define those as the seven most important things to be focusing on as part of your business. And chances are you focus on some of those, whether you know it or not, whether you're thinking about it consciously or not. But as we go in and start to analyze quickly where things are at with with our, you know, if we bring on a new client, one of the things we figure out is, okay, which of those seven keys needs the most love and attention? And as you might imagine, one of the biggest ones that usually creates the most stress is cash and cash flow. Who would have guessed that, Adam? Who would have guessed cash is uh Well, <laughs> all kinds of good phrases, Jack, right? Cash is king. Mm. Uh, we need more cash, need more money, yeah, whatever it might be. But cash is often a big, a big part of this. And what we've discovered, and I think our audience can appreciate this, if cash is a bit tight, a little bit slow, you got, you know, uh, you know, it's not necessarily flush in your bank account. You're kind of checking things every morning. It can create a lot of stress. And how do I get out of that? And it can now take your focus and make it very, very short term. 
hey, I'm going to the to the mailbox to see what checks came in, or I'm going online to see what yeah you know, what payments came in, and you, you you can be on a very very thin edge, and, and again, it creates a lot of stress because you're worried about how am I going to pay my employees, how am I going to pay my vendors, how am I going to explain to my spouse that we have to go borrow money or tap into our retirement account to be able to make payroll this month. A lot of stress starts to happen with cash, and so. What we discovered is if, if there's a cash issue, that's where we start. Even though we list them out, you know, there are seven keys in different order and cash flow is number six. Well, again, when cash is a problem, it's numero uno. That's the only one that really matters. And so if cash is an issue for you, one of the things we work on with folks is a, is a 90 day cash forecast that literally, fo you know, forecasts out over the next 90 days. What does your cash look like? Is it positive? Is it negative? Do you know? Well, imagine. Imagine if you have some cash issues and you now get together a, a cash forecast that shows you'll have positive cash. You'll have money in the bank for the next 90 days. After paying all your bills, everything else, you're going to have cash in the bank. How do you think you'd sleep at night knowing that? It's sleep wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like with the tooth fairy. You kind of say, "Hey, take that, take that report, and stick it underneath your pillow at night, and you'll sleep. You'll, you'll sleep very, very well." So we've had clients that have had, you know, we've seen all kinds of situations over the years, and and cash can become an issue with with growth. You can sort of run out of cash, especially if you're in a a capital intensive business or uh, an employee intensive business where you've got to make investments in people or or equipment. And so if you're not very sure about how your cash is, that's one of the first things that we'll start on. And we got to figure out because again, if you're in a hole, if, if or, you know, if you're you know growing through growth, you can see cash issues. If there've been some past mistakes, or all of a sudden you've got a lot of debts. Okay, it could be debts to the to the banks, it could be debts to you know landlords or vendors or or what have you. So we've been through all the situations, Jack, and when when cash, usually that's probably the biggest, the biggest stressor in business is when cash is not as flush as you would like. And so focusing on it, on forecasting that cash flow and, and be able to show it being positive or not. Because if you can't show it being positive or trending in the right direction, we got to ask the question, what are we doing? Should we keep going? That's a pretty tough question to ask, Jack. Well, we've when been you, for, yeah, go when ahead. Pull the, when do you pull the plug? Right. It does happen, but it, it really has has several levels to it before it does happen or even have to happen. And you, it's it's amazing what you can do when you when you're trying to survive uh, because it comes that close in many cases. In some cases, it doesn't. You know, it it goes over the cliff, but that's not the norm. And people who normally wouldn't help you. We'll give you a little time, but you got to be ready for it. Right. And you got to sell it like you sell anything else. So, well, you got to have stuff laid out too. A big thing we often see, Jack, is folks will have it in their head somewhere. They have an idea, but there's so many variables going on. It's really difficult to keep it all in your head. So, as, as silly as this might sound, just putting it down on a piece of paper, getting it into a little spreadsheet, something we can kind of get all the variables laid out. 
Because to your point, the last thing you want to do is also make a promise to pay somebody and then not pay them. Or they get that, they try to cash the check and it comes back with insufficient funds. All right. So be able to make those promises and make them with confidence. And so we've helped folks through again, whether it be some big time growth to be able to do something like that, or if they've you know had to make up for some past sins, whether they're, they're their own sins or somebody else's sins in terms of uh, getting into some debts from that standpoint. But I think to your point, Jack, if you're able to present and tell your story, like you said, to be able to sell your story and do it confidently, and you'll do it confidently if you have it there, have it there in front of you in black and white, right? It's, it, it's written down and you can see it versus keeping it all up in your head. So a lot of that, a lot of the, the way to start to kind of get calm is, is to tap into a lot of this planning from that standpoint. So if we're going to forecast our cash, Jack, one of the, 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 the hardest things to do, you know, obviously the first 15 to 30 days, you usually have a little good visibility in terms of cash coming in. You probably have some accounts receivable, things that are out there, work that you've done in the past. But as you get beyond that 30-day period, it can often get a bit hard to forecast because chances are you don't have too much accounts receivable that's going to be coming in 45, 60, 90 days out. So part of what you have to have to add to this cash forecast, Jack, is a, is a profit plan that forecasts out, well, what do the sales look like going forward? What can we see? And if you've been in business for a little while, you usually have a little more visibility with that versus being new. If you're new, it's hard to put together a profit plan. You're just guessing. You may have some ideas and do some research, but then the end of the day, you're, you're just guessing. Whereas if you've been in business for a couple of decades, you have some history to be able to look at. But the idea of the profit plan shows, okay, what's all the sales and money we expect coming in from customers versus all of our expenses going out? And hopefully there's a profit at the end of the day. If there's not, guess what's going to happen to the cash flow, Jack? Yep, it, it uh, heads south pretty quick. That's right. It's heading south or you're going to have to borrow money and feed it. You know, so we like to feed the, 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 the cash monster with profits, not with necessarily debts or, or taking personal savings. You know, There's times for that, but it shouldn't be the way you necessarily want to normally run your business because there's got to be a way to be able to get those things paid back. So having a profit plan in place will help get, again, much like I said before, with the cash flow, it gets your thinking, your ideas out there. And a big part of the profit plan, and the reason we call it a profit plan, not a budget, is because the budget's tired and dusty and unexciting, as opposed to a profit plan. Let's plan to make profit. Let's plan to make money on purpose, Jack. What a novel idea. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right, Adam. <clears throat> Without cash, we don't have anything. Without profits, we uh, don't have anything. Uh, you you, you want to have a relationship with a banker if you can do it and talk to him her, uh, when times aren't so good. If you have a relationship, it's much easier to get on the phone and, and see what the, your bank could do for you. And if they can't do anything for you, they may have contacts who do, who have the situation that you're in and running and could partner with you, you know, could do something that you wouldn't normally ask for. But these are, are tough times and you got to do things that you have to do. You can't sit and wait and complain and chew your nails and, and uh, 
uh, do whatever you do. It'd be great to have a, a network of bankers, uh, not a network as much as three or four good ones that you can talk to and meet maybe a couple of times a year, buy them coffee and, and uh, uh, just keep it going. So when you're in a pinch, you're going to get at least the best thinking at the time with whoever you're talking to in a traditional way. And that's go to a bank to get money. But there are a lot of people out there, especially today, lending money on situations and making deals that can keep you alive as long as you're convincing with your story. You're in an interesting growing market. You've, uh, you know, you've been talking to them for a couple of years, so they know how you think. You've been showing numbers and they aren't asking for them. You're telling them, boy, I got whacked in the head with this one. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to adjust my my uh, forecast out a quarter or so. They know rather than just, you know, keep breaking promises and they go to their boss, whoever that may be, and it might be a committee of whatever. Uh, and they got to present. They don't want to keep presenting your company that every time you uh, make a, a, a forecast, <laughs> it doesn't come through. And we keep pushing it out. And now this is getting bigger. So let's let's cut it. That's how, that's the thinking. They're ogres because of that. And that's all right. They're ogres anyway, many times <laughs> without being in, in trouble. So, right. Well, what's good about, you know, both the cash forecast and especially the profit plan, Jack, is that it brings everything together that's going on in your business. And we know. Um, and many people can relate to this as one of their biggest, if not their biggest expense each month, each year is their people and the organization, the folks you have in there. And so often it's the case if things aren't going well, even if they are going well, you, you have some hiccups, especially going through some growth. You gotta be looking at your organization, look at your team, who's doing what, and do we need to make some changes? You know, often we get plans laid out and, you know, the plans don't always go as, you know, according to that plan, so to speak, right? But as you're, as you're trying to get things kind of going, you take a look at, you know, your, your team that you've got. You also take a look at your, at your, at your customers and understanding who, who are good customers. Not all customers are good customers. So how do you know if they're a good customer or not? Well, a big part of it should be looking at, well, how much profit are you making on that customer? Are you making profit on that customer? If not, well, why do we have them? It's me. Well, I don't think people, most people, most small business owners don't know how to tell if their customers are making money. They don't know how to put that little cost analysis together. So they don't do it. And that, that creates a handicap for them. Right. Well, as we often see, Jack, when somebody's been in business for, for a while, they usually have a, a lot of different markets that they serve, a lot of different types of customers. And they may have some, I guess for lack of a better term, some legacy customers, some folks they may have had for a while, maybe one of their first customers they, that, that they brought on board, and they kind of bring them along through their, through their growth. And maybe day one, you're making a little money on that, on that customer, but now are you making money on them or not? And so your point being aware of those things and be able to see it because there are a lot of hard decisions that have to be made owning a company. And Jack, we've been amazed over the years at how few small business owners are using their numbers 
to assist with making those decisions. Instead, it often goes by gut, goes by emotion. You know, that's how you get the the yelling at the top of the lungs and, you know, people get fired for, for reasons and then they regret it um, or they're holding on to people longer than they should. It's often the emotion part of it. And believe me, we understand the emotion part of it. You know, as Jack said at the outset here, we, we, we've owned, operated, run, audited, bought, sold, we've done all, everything you can think about with, with, with companies, you know, big and small. But with a small business, there's a lot of emotion involved because whether it be your employees, your vendors, you tend to know these people. You know, they aren't just numbers on a spreadsheet, so to speak. And so when you have emotion involved and you have people involved, you get to know them, you get to know their stories, their families, things that are kind of going on. It can often make those harder decisions, those harder discussions more difficult. If we have some numbers, some planning, some, some things written down that we're, that we're looking at, that often helps and be able to kind of calm the waters and be able to make some of these tough decisions. You know, we've heard stories over the years. You know, we, we had a we, we had a guest on years ago. You mentioned how we have guests on. We had a guest on years ago, um, Ken Fanger. Remember him? He talked about when the 08 crisis hit. And they basically kept their entire team employed for almost a year, even though they were losing business left and right. And it put it put him and his and his wife, who was who was his partner in business as well as life into a pretty big hole. What I recall is about a $200,000, $250,000 hole. Yeah, about two fifty. And it took them most of the next decade to recover from that. So why did they do that? He talked about it. He said, well, they did it because of emotion. And it was one of the lessons he learned. He said, hey, I've learned now that if something like that happens, you got to make adjustments. As you were saying earlier, you got to make adjustments and decisions faster. Versus letting it kind of go because again, the, the days and the weeks and the months will go by pretty quickly and we're digging a bigger hole. So if you, if you don't have some of these, these tools in place to help bring that calmness, you're going to keep them in mind that the, the topic today is how do you kind of, how do you stay calm running my business? And so the reason that, that we've, we've kind of talked through, you know, a good chunk of these seven keys, because that's, that's where, where it comes in. That's where the, where the, the, the calmness comes in. So if you've got a cash flow where you can see I've got cash the next 90 days, all of a sudden, if your stress level is at a nine or a 10, that brings it down to about a four or five usually. And I've got my profit plan in place that kind of shows things I'm going to be doing, Jack. And that, that ties into the marketing plan of, of how we're going to get more customers or, or different customers in here or be able to sell more to the current customers. And I'm looking at my organization plan to see who's doing all this stuff. Because again, if it all comes down to my shoulders, that becomes pretty tough too. You can't always be the answer as the one who's got to do stuff as part of the business. So what's your team doing? How, how they plug it into that? And so if you have those things in, in, in pretty good working order, usually things stay a little calmer. And it ties back into one of our other keys, which is leadership. And a big part of leadership, Jack, is knowing what to focus on. As we've talked about, I can't tell you how many times in this show, we talk about all the time off the air too, our three-word job description for an owner, for, for a president, CEO, whatever title you have for yourself, but for, for an owner running a company, you got to be doing three things. These are those three things. We never mentioned that before. That's right. Planning, <laughs> directing, and controlling. Plan, direct, control, PDC. So as we're talking you know, today on the show here a little bit, it's about that planning part of it. And we need those plans because if you don't have the plans in place, you can't do any direction or controlling. 
You can't direct your activities of, of your team. You can't direct, direct your own activities in terms of working towards making that plan a reality. And then controlling it through a series of reports and meetings and, you know, and ways to make sure things are, things are happening. They continue to move that ball, you know, move that ball forward. So as a leader, as a, you know, and you're a leader because you own the company, folks are looking at you, whether you want to or like it or not, that's part of what you signed up for being an owner of a company. And so if you're focused on planning, directing, and controlling, you're going to start to have things be calmer. And what happens is what we see, what becomes fun with our coaching, Jack, is that you see people start to get it. You know, we have owners that have been struggling for years in terms of just, they're frustrated. They're pulling their hair out, right? Looking like us, you know, like a couple of bald guys, you know, they're kind of pulling their hair out because they aren't sure what to do. And they're frustrated. And we start to, we start to see those ahas when they start to understand what plan direct control looks like. And it becomes more fun for them because they aren't down in the weeds anymore. They're at a, a little bit higher level that they're able to now see what's going on. They're able to stay ahead of things. And they're able to, again, stay calm, or they get excited, but excited in a good way. Excited about all the opportunities that are there, you know, and how to let them out. Versus getting excited because you're frustrated or upset or, you know, whatever else it might be. But to, to have that calmness, it's, Jack, you know, dare I say it's impossible to have that kind of calm demeanor and really mean it and, and really act that way without having these seven keys working well for you, or get, and at least you know, come back to knowing what to work on. It's before we, we focus on, hey, what should I do next? What should we do next? That's a big part of what we spent our, you know, a lot of our coaching on. The big part of why we've created this show is we want to help because we know there's, you know, while you and I can coach hundreds of people, Jack, we can't coach thousands of people. And there are millions of small business owners who, who, who need some help and need some guidance and need some calmness. And this is the way to get it. I would agree with you, Adam. We've <laughs> uh, we've we've helped a lot of people through a profit plan situation in which they know it's surprising how well, from a percentage standpoint, how how high you can can uh, rate yourself for forecasting when you try it and get into it. We aren't talking fancy MBA uh, eighty-page documents with a bunch of nonsense in it. We're talking about realistic stuff, real numbers, real flows, not that complicated. Uh, take, take advantage of some technology out there and bring it into bear to get up to a certain base point. And once you're there, your company becomes easy to, to uh, run, either up or down. But if you panic, nobody wins, really. You, you luck out maybe with some emotion once in a while, but you can control your business in ways you never thought possible. Just got to have the knowledge. And one kind of final parting thought here, Jack, when we talk about the word plan, I kind of mentioned a little bit, but I want to reinforce it here too. The idea of planning isn't to be perfect. Isn't to have all the right answers and know, you know, have your, your crystal ball be exactly right. But it takes what your best thinking is today. And how are we going to make it happen? And, knowing what to do for the next, whether it be the next several weeks or next several months that plugs into what we're trying to get done this year. That's where the direction and controlling comes from, right? Because the plan's going to adjust because we're going to get new information. You know, some of the clients we have may leave us 
We may bring some new ones on. Same thing is true for our, for our organization and our people. Maybe I was planning to build around somebody, Jack, and she decides to go leave, you know, for, for some other opportunity or start her own thing, right? Okay, well, I got to change my plans, don't I? I can't just keep can't keep moving ahead with the plan like that where all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the variables have changed. And so there's a constant planning process. And so if you aren't into the planning mode, a big part of what we do, we, again, we avoided that word, that P word, Jack, for, for a long time early on because people will get spooked by it. But it's a big part of this. Again, it's trying to... And the, 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 the idea is getting our best thinking out, getting it on paper somehow, some way to say, here's what we're, we're going to do. And that lets everybody else kind of poke at it too and get other people involved. That's a big part of, you know, sharing some of that, I don't say some of that stress or the ideas, but again, you know, start to bring your team in. There are great ways to start to bring the team in is through the seven keys. As often as the owners don't know, Jack, what to talk to people about what to tell their employees, what to tell their, their, their vendors, you know, how much do you open up the door, right? To be able to kind of let them in. And it's a great way to start to kind of do that through the seven keys. And not only that, but it educates your team about how business works. And the better they understand it, the better you're going to do, the better everybody's going to do. The whole, you know, the whole proverbial, all boats will rise as part of that. So don't put the pressure on yourself to have your plans be perfect or use that as an excuse not to do any planning. That's not the goal. The goal is to be perfect, but to get, to get your best thinking out and then start to execute on those plans and make them a reality. That's right. Wonderful. Okay. All right. All right. So that's our that's our show for today. We want to again thank you for, for listening to us. If you like what you heard, you can get all of our other prior shows. I mentioned this episode 361. You get the rest of our shows at our website, dirty secrets of small business.com. There's Jack was alluding to early on. We these are all you know, put into podcast mode as well. So if you prefer to go to your favorite podcast player, whether it be iHeart or Spotify <laughs> or, or Apple Podcasts, if you search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business, you can subscribe to our show. And as Jack mentioned, we usually drop a new episode every Thursday morning, deliver right there to your smart device and all the prior shows there are there as well. If you want to be able to search through the prior shows, if you go to the website, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com. You'll see there's an episode tab there. You click on that. You'll find a search bar to put in whatever search topic you know, that, that, that suits your fancy. If you don't get a show back that, that, that really hits uh, hits your, your question, you can feel free to email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 330-849-0670. Be happy to answer the question for you directly or do like we, did, we do every week and put together a show to answer that question because chances are if you've got the question, somebody else does as well, and they'll be happy that you've asked the question on their behalf. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.